dude, I'm beat. I am beat. Are you? I, I'm just the opposite. I am so rejuvenated, it's ridiculous. No. I would trust me. I was beat on, uh, well, whatever Sunday, Monday. Yeah, I feel like death right now. I literally. Well, first of all, I moved, which was a grind. Six months of grind, 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 grind. Put everything in yeah. storage. Then we had the hoe down. Uh, I got sick before the hoe down, which I knew was going to happen because you know I've been grinding so long, your body's yeah, going to give out. Yeah. yeah, you've been running on like running on adrenaline and sugar and caffeine for months. So I knew if I just have like a slight dip or two day dip, it's just all going to crash. And it did. I got sick and anyways, went to the hoe down and I uh, got back and just still still recovering. But thought we would do a quick podcast. And just so everybody knows I moved. I can't find any of my cables for my audio equipment. So we're doing this like 1997 style probably sounds horrible i apologize you're on a megaphone or a, what do they call that the little handheld pretty much, <clears throat> pretty much. yeah but that's right uh, man it's working it's working yeah. we well, can hear you, you. you can you can hear the words i'm saying it doesn't sound great next week i'll order new cables I, i'll never find them who knows where they are i'll order new cables and uh and the next week we'll be back to uh to the way it should be yeah but a lot of stuff to talk about always a lot of stuff to talk about yeah where do you want to start i'll you know well I'll start. I'll start. We'll start with the hoedown really quick. We'll recap the hoedown because it was a great time. The hoedown, we held it at Dusty Baker's shop in McEwen, Tennessee. It was two days and we just wrapped it up uh, Saturday. Today's Wednesday. So it's only been like four days, but a phenomenal event. It went better than I could have possibly anticipated, which is good. Because we go into it hoping it's going to be a great event. It's the first one we've done. And it was better than I could have, you know, uh, expected. So super fun event. Everybody had a great time. We had a big group of guys there and gals. And we learned about Kodiak Pro products. We mixed mix. We cast concrete. We cured. We sealed. We made projectiles. We shot targets. We shot guns. We ate great barbecue. We drank good beer. We watched a phenomenal football game. And I think everybody had a really, really good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was just going to ask you. You know, I mean, everybody has a perception. And I have mine, which I'll get to in a minute. So as you, you know, for you, it was phenomenal. This is like... What's an example of a, you know, a Brandon Gore phenomenal? Because I, it's not that I'm not agreeing with you. I 100% agree with you. And my takeaway from that time spent, it started phenomenal. Like, not the plane flight. I mean, I, I hate planes. I yeah. hate flying. I hate going through all that stuff. But the moment I landed in Tennessee and came through Nashville, never been over there in that area. Except that one time, I can't even remember what, what it was. A, um, I don't know. It was a, again a, some countertop convention or something like that that we stayed right in Nashville. But this mm-hmm. is the first time being outside Nashville, a town called Dixon. You know, we got the hotel rooms supposedly, and or say realistically, what did it say? I don't know, 15 miles or something from McEwen. So whatever. But then from that point on, I felt like we were taking this, I don't know, you know, this this country road into ridiculousness. It was so pretty out there. The the Insane. fields, the Yeah. It was just amazing. So 
to me, it became phenomenal right from the get-go, traveling yeah. through there. It almost felt like we we're on this, you know, one-lane old country road. And oh, the fog in the fields and the huge <laughs> lakes right. and deer. Oh, come and on. Leaves falling. We're hitting it right at the right time where when the wind blows, all the leaves are coming out of the trees. It yeah. was it, it it almost seemed unreal. How yeah, I felt like I was going to break my neck. Turn it, turn it. Yeah. Did you see that? Well, that the uh, the yeah. wildlife. And then it goes even further. You get out there to Dusty's. And of course, we turn the corner and like. What? This is what the holler's all about. I mean, I like where his shop sits and the openness and the trees. Then he took us on that ride, you know, through his acreage and the orchards uh, that have been there since I forget the how long he said there, hundred years or whatever it was. But I mean, it's that the, just from that setting alone. If we were just doing something with our, you know, for ourselves that few days with Dusty, because I, and you know, spending time with Dusty and Brandy and them, you know, that would have done it. I'm not kidding you. That would have been wholehearted for me. Yeah. Um, well, to get back to your like, question. To get back to your question, what made it phenomenal? What was my definition for that? My definition for that was when I just sat back and looked around at everybody. Everybody was talking with each other. Everybody was smiling. Everybody's having a great time. And that started from the time they showed up at 9 a.m. until they left at 7 or 8 p.m. We're sitting around a fire. People were inside in Dusty Saloon, which is incredible. And everybody was just in the moment, having a good time. And that's what we wanted. We wanted to have a social event. We didn't want it to be a training seminar. We didn't want it to be a sales pitch. And it wasn't any of those things. It was a social event. We problem solved people's issues. We taught them uh, the correct way to do things. We answered a lot of questions, but we also just had a lot of time to just talk and to get to know each other and to get to know other concrete people better and to form those relationships, which is what we wanted this event to be. And that's what it was. Yeah. No, I, th- there you go. That's what I 100% agree with. And without having that into the words, you know, I could just see somebody listening like, oh, yeah, whatever, phenomenal. No, it was ridiculous. I, I mean, it was what what we had set out to do is, yeah, I mean, OK, great. We mixed up some concrete, but the agenda wasn't about mixing concrete. You know, it wasn't about. Hey, look, look at the logo on our bag. Oh, hey, look, you know, and champion and standing on a soapbox. And that's not what any of this was about. I mean, I got to I I got to meet people and spend time with them on a whole different level that's not solely tech support or solely product driven. And and that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I truly, truly enjoy about this style of an event. Yeah. What's funny is. We were so anti-sales pitch. Me and you did not want it to be a sales pitch. That at the very end of the event, I mentioned, hey, guys, just so you know, we're going to have a promotion coming out next week for 13% off. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. That feels like a sales pitch. I'm like, dude, it's not a sales pitch. I'm just letting everybody know we're going to have this this, uh, promotion coming up. But that's how much we didn't want it to be that. Right. We didn't want it to feel that way. We didn't want people to feel like it was a high, high, you know, high pressure sales thing. We just wanted to mix concrete, talk concrete, and just get to know each other and have a good time. And that's right. That was what it was. It, and and it, definitely. I mean, I, I, I pull out all kinds of names. I mean, so many of these individuals, and I hope more, you know, we're going to keep doing these. But these are people, you know, I, 
basically developed relationships on the phone, uh, you know, relationships based on their pictures on Instagram or their postings or one little, you know, blurb, the, the, the voice I hear, this opportunity to sit down, I mean, to meet just Warren and Spencer for the first time and, you know, hang out and, and do things together and, and just talk life, you know, things like that, you know, uh, that is priceless, quite frankly. Yeah. 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 What I was going to say is we, Dusty had secured a barbecue guy to come do barbecue, but the guy backed out last second and we have a really good concrete guy Gilbert Hilario, him and his wife, Michelle Couture Concrete. Yeah. They've been to a lot of events. They're always awesome. Every time they come to an event, it's just so great having them around. But Dusty called Gilbert and said, hey, Gilbert, I know you got a smoker. Would you mind doing some barbecue at the hoedown? And Gilbert's like, no problem. Gilbert loaded up this massive smoker, like yeah. competition smoker, on the back of his flatbed truck, loaded up mesquite wood, loaded up all these briskets and ribs, drove out. And for two days straight, smoked the best barbecue I think most of us have had in our life. He put he put briskets on at six in the morning that right. smoked for 12 hours. It's those kind of things that just made put it over the top. And that was completely unexpected. You know, yeah. that was an unexpected thing to to uh, to have at the event. You know, we were going to have food, but the level of food was was beyond expectation. Right. And the energy. You know, I, the, such a, I don't know, without sounding cheesy, how about the overall positive spirit of everybody? You know, it's, it really is. You know, they, they go back, I don't know who started any of these sayings, but they always said, if, you know, the, the, those sayings, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people, right? If you want to be whatever, if you want to be a dirtbag, hey, you know, surround yourself with dirtbag people. I mean, whatever it is you want to. What I would say these days, and it's going to continue, such is so positive with everybody. You know, uh, like I said, Michelle Hilario. Oh, man, I, I hanging with her and just laughing. And just, it, it was just so positive. We weren't just talking concrete. Everything from, you know, business, trials, tribulations, you know, I, it was just great. Great. Yeah. I agree. So, hoedown, great success. We'll have another one sometime down the road. What is that? What what's going on over there? You know, I even turned this thing off, but now I'm. Oh, excuse me, I put it on silent, or what do they call it now? Focus. So now I just turned it off. There you go. That was the phone. So we'll have another hoedown. I'll put together at some point here a recap video that highlights uh, the event. But I think a lot of people that were on the fence probably are kicking themselves for not coming because it was a lot of fun, but we'll do another and it'll be a great time. Um, one of the things that we wanted to problem solve at this event was steel tables yeah. and the occasional sticking of concrete to the steel. And it's, it's been this very intermittent issue. Not everybody has it. Only some people have it. And the people that sometimes have it, um, or, or, or the the few people that sometimes have it only have it sporadically. It doesn't make any sense. There's no rhyme or reason. It's not right. that it's a big piece, a thin piece, a uh, you know, a green piece, a brown piece. It doesn't matter. It's just like this very sporadic issue. Yeah, they and, have the whole table covered with pieces, 
so first let's clarify we're using the word sticking because i don't know what else to call it you know yeah. so well, that's what they that's what they call it and they're like hey yeah. it stick yeah a little stick and it, it could yeah. be like anything as small as a a bb to a size of a quarter in other words i guess what i'm saying i'm just trying to clarify anybody listening this isn't about oh my goodness we couldn't pry the pieces off our table it's just this very intermittent kind of thing and the whole table be full of pieces and it only happens to one <laughs> you know yeah. out of five pieces so it's always exactly. it's been a weird thing to um try to problem solve well a very difficult thing to problem solve because if it happened on every piece okay if yeah. it only happened in in this one person's shop okay but it's happened in i think three people's shops but yeah. then at the event we had four other people using steel that have never had it happen right so it's like, what is going on here? Because you've been trying to connect the dots for a while now. What release yeah. are you using? How are you cleaning your tables? How do you mix? How do you cast? How do you cure? What's the temperature of your shop? What's the humidity of your shop? What's the temperature of your mix? Right. You know, what's the temperature of your water? Where does your water come from? Is it well water? Is it city water? You've been trying to somehow, I, I just in my mind, I see you with like the board and the little push pins and the red yarn connecting everything. You've been trying to like find the common connection. Some common denominator, right? Yeah. yeah. What is causing it? And there hasn't been one. There you hasn't know, been one clear common denominator. What was your cure methods? Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was uh, very, very frustrating, quite frankly. Yeah. And release has kind of been the, the most obvious possibility. Correct. What release are you using? And um, so long story short is we went down a hundred different rabbit holes trying to solve what this could what what was what's the possible root cause of the issue? And I right. think we solved it at the event. You want to you want to discuss that? Uh, yeah, yeah, undeniably. And we'll take a step back even first. During this problem solving, anybody's talks to John Schuler. I'm pretty open about things. I will put it on the table. I have no problem. So we talked about things that are in the mix. You know, could this be a Kodiak related issue? I don't know. This seems weird, but. Uh, all kinds of things, which led me down a path of talking to a lot of the professionals I know in the industry. Anything from, you know, Kernios with calcium aluminum cements, you know, various raw material suppliers, their backgrounds, their admixtures, their choices. Have they seen these things? I mean, this is something if, it, you know, anybody who didn't know this was going on, this has been going on for a while. Not because this was a catastrophic issue. Because, yeah, so-and-so like, hey, this happened once, and it's never happened again. And oops, it just happened again. But it only happened on one piece in the corner. <laughs> it's just been weird. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The, the, say it again, excuse me. One of the difficulties with working with so many people, and even though I think we'll all agree, okay, it's not a manufacturer's job to solve everybody's problems, because once any material gets into somebody's personal environment, you know, it's kind of out of your hands. You can't reproduce everything for everybody in every condition. You just can't do it. But we certainly try. And that's just part of the experience of being in this industry for so long. I can go through so many myriads of the conversations, meaning, as I said, asking the right questions to get the right answers. I, I'll never forget Jason Robertson. You know, hey, John, my my pieces, you know, they always stay pretty cool. And I, to my head, I'm like, well, yeah. So 
maker's mix is not a hot mix. And then what does that mean? Well, from my perception, I never asked that question. I've designed mixes that'll hit 180 to 200 degrees. In the old days of Epic, there was a time where a group of individuals, they just couldn't wait. They had to see what they were casting. They had to see it. Brandon, I don't, I remember if you were there, but they ended up pulling one of the sides off one of these pieces. This gust of steam came way up and actually burnt some of the guy's faces. Were you there for that? I don't, I don't know if I was there for that, but there was a time when the mixes were melting the plastic molds I used to sell. Right. The sink molds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and uh, in fact, I rem- I. I can't, was it Crete molds? Anyway, someone said they wouldn't warrant them anymore because of the kind of mixes. Uh, because, yeah, these mixes. So under these conversations, for me, a mix should normally hit a minimum of 90 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit during the actual, quote unquote, kickoff cure phase. To me, that's cool. Based on mixes that I've seen go, you know, 160, 180, 200, that was more than normal. So when when Jason would say, hey, my stuff's being cool, without, you know, quantifying and qualifying what he meant by that, that was absolutely surprising to me when I went out there to see that these mixes, these all these things we cast on those tables really didn't get above 75 degrees. That was unprecedented. Yeah. And again, this these were covered, you know, to the best of our, you know, following, let's say, modified protocols, which I, we'll talk about in a few minutes, modified protocols for steel tables. But to come back, and so Brandon Browning was actually, t- he stayed there late, so he was testing them through the night. To me, that's not curing. You know, not with this these kind of mixes holding seventy five degrees. It's not a catastrophic thing, but to me, it's it's a no brainer. They should have been, you know, ninety five, hundred and five, hundred and fifteen. Um, so that's you know when let, again the planet start aligning, the light bulb starts going brighter and brighter over your head. Yeah, yeah. So what was going on is these steel tables. It's not. The steel, for a minute, we thought that the steel was holding moisture. The material's holding moisture. And as it's curing, it was releasing moisture, it was sweating the moisture. And that was creating condensation. Yeah. yeah, the condensation. It was creating an issue to where it was slowing the, the, the curing of essentially the concrete against the steel and making it want right. to bond. And that was kind of the opinion of a lot of the different raw materials chemists that we, that we, we spoke to or you spoke to. Correct. Their opinion was, it's not a concrete issue; it's the steel that's creating this. So, anyways, a that cure was, issue. Yeah, a yeah, cure issue for them. It was a cure issue, specifically on the contact phase between, let's call it what's ultimately the face of the concrete and the face of the steel. That little exactly. Yeah. So that's that was the hypothesis when we showed up at Dusty's that we we're going right. into it. That's what it is, but. What we figured out, and as you're you're kind of highlighting, is the concrete never got to 115, 120, 125, yep. where we normally see it. Right. It stayed very cool because the steel itself 
was sucking the heat out of the mix, not allowing right. it to exotherm. As it's trying to exotherm, the steel is just it's acting like right. a big radiator, just pulling that heat right a out of big, the mix. A massive heat sink. Yeah, just yeah. sucking it all out. Yeah. Yeah. And what would that what problems would that create as far as wanting to bond to the table? Well, ultimately, you know, per what let's say all the professionals came up with, we kept calling it a cure issue. Cure, cure and that is the reality. It's a cure issue. But not under the premise that we were thinking. Again, it's not, although yes, so we're still, I'm recommending anybody with steel tables, we are going to modify the cover and cure techniques to a degree to limit the possibility of the condensation of the steel. But the other factor that became, you know, ridiculously apparent is if that steel is consuming all the heat so that the concrete itself is not as we say, quote unquote, curing, not kicking off, not seeing the temperatures that we all like to see, then, you know, there's other practices that need to be modified, such as leave them on your tables for one full day, you know, give it more time or back to the original. Now, Dusty, he's done some cast sense. For him, it was pretty simple to modify some of his, let's say, cure steps. He has a heated table. So, He turned his table on the day before he was casting. He brought his table to, you know, 75, 80 degrees, and then he popped it up to 80 to 85 degrees after he cast. He followed it through the night and the next morning, gave me a call the following morning. Yeah, everything was a nice, comfortable 100 to 110 degrees under his cure blankets. No issues, no nothing. Um, Yeah, so done. Yeah, and they'd never seen those temperatures. Never, yeah, he's never seen those temperatures before. Yeah, so I guess what I'm going to say is modify cure practices. These are things we started discussing out there. You know, to bring me full circle, I realized not everybody has a heated table. You know, Dusty had the foresight or whatever, the idea years ago, and he put one of those um, heating coils. uh, What do they call it? Hot wire, I think it was. Yeah. Under his steel. they become so. Here's what I would say: Steel offers a lot of benefits for casting concrete, yeah. size, durability. You know, if you're doing a finish like Dusty Crete, where you're going to heavily profile the surface, you're going to water polish. Steel is great. Yeah. The downside. Is, exactly. The downside of steel that we just found is it's a heat sink. Number one. Yeah. And number two, it can release some level of moisture that other materials like plastic and melamine don't do to the same extent. Correct. Um, But what I'd say is in the last few years, especially there's so many companies, Schluter, uh, Laticrete, these different companies have come out with these very modular, easy heated floor systems where essentially you put down a mat and then you weave the wire through and then you pour a leveling compound over it. And they sell these now at floor and decor. They sell them. I want to say even like home Depot and Lowe's, Some of them have them, but it's something that if you're going to use steel, you might have to update your steel table to have a heating element to it. So it doesn't act. sink. what do you think about that? No, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's lots of choices around these abilities, depending on person's table. It was Mike Wellman from a, he doesn't have steel tables, but this is something he's dealt with for a long time. He casts on, old granite slabs, big oversized old granite slabs. So he's used to this. 
What he ended up doing with his tables, as an example, because he ran into this from a whole different point of view, if you go down to – oh, and he's right on the coast in Pismo. So, you know, he's always running modest temperatures. He ended up putting foam – he foam locked in underneath his table, and he uses a space heater, a very simple solution. And that's something that's become part of his cure. It's something he's done for years and years and years. So to me, that's something that someone could do with their steel tables. Same kind of idea is, you know, space heater under the table, but you need to either drape things over, you know, something to hold the heat. Otherwise, it's back to the, uh, you know, two things all of us has done for a while, and that is heat blankets. But the heat blankets, again, don't put them on high. What we're just trying to do or what they would be trying to do is – Number one, put the blankets on the same thing the day or the night before you're going to cast. Pull them all off, cast your concrete, cover your concrete with several layers of your moving blankets. And, you know, bring in a heat blanket, cover that up, put the heat blanket on low. Problem solved. And, well, and you may have solved. to give one full day on your tables to cure should you keep everything sub 90 degrees Fahrenheit. That's just the way yeah. it is. I yeah. don't think the problem would be solved because I feel like the table would be battling the blankets. The concrete's in the middle. There's a table on the underside trying to suck the heat out. You have the blankets on the top trying to put heat in. But the problem is still the, the, the problem is a steel table trying to remove the heat. And so you're yeah. going to have to somehow overcome that. I don't think from above. I think it has to be you have to heat that table from below, whether it's what Dusty did with a floor heating system, or like you're saying, which is a very low cost, easy thing to do, block in around the underside with foam, put a space heater under underneath it right. and heat it that way. But you're going, you're going to have to get that steel up to temperature, a relatively warm temperature, 80 degrees for the concrete to exotherm as it should. Right. Well, and that's what I was saying. If, if, if a person, whatever person, they're going to make their choices and I'm okay with either way. That's what I was thinking is, you know, bring your blankets in the day before warm up the steel you know let well, we the about steel that. you know that? the problem with that is so the other issue with steel is in a hot shop the steel itself gets very hot Correct. so yeah. if you're someplace that's 95 degrees ambient temperature in a shade your steel's gonna be 95 degrees and when you pour a mix on the steel the steel is doing the same thing now you have this cold mix 55 right. degrees and you pour it on a 95 degree steel table that's acting again as this big heat sink that sucks totally. the cold out of the mix. All of a sudden, your yeah. mix that you should have an hour of workability, you have ten minutes. Right. Because all well, the now it made sense. Sucks I, yeah. The the hard thing talking to so many people and still doing projects yourself is there are times when those conversations don't make sense. They just don't. And as much as I would like them to. When somebody tells me like, yeah, you don't know, you did. I had 10 minutes. Well, I mean, my shop sees, and, and this is the difficulty, right? So I, you always fall back on your own experience. My shop will easily see 105 degrees during the summertime. I don't keep it cool. The Dusty's, again, phenomenal. He, he can set his shop at an ambient temperature and he'll have heaters and air conditioners come on in various times of the year. And it could be nice, comfortable 70, 75 degree all the time. My shop's not that way. So winter time, it's not very often, but we might see forties. Summer times will easily crest hundreds. That's not an issue. 
And uh, the things I have learned to compensate for that during the summertime, mind you, which I can see now being around the steel tables, you know, offers new potentials of problem solving in a person's shop. Although like Serho and some of the other guys, he's in Florida. He easily sees those kind of temperatures consistently. But back to the idea of, and now we're talking summertime temperatures, uh, putting your materials in a chest freezer. You know, so you're not solely dependent on ice. Uh, we haven't been yeah, there. I think well, the, that's the raw materials. But how how would you overcome a steel table, the actual steel itself? And Dusty's using quarter inch plate. Maybe Serho's yeah. using eighth inch. Maybe it's not quite the honestly. Heat I can't think of a way of cooling down the steel table unless you did something like. I don't know, cover the damn thing in ice or something. I don't know. Or again, you block it in, you get one of those little tiny mobile AC units, like a window AC unit, you put it underneath, let it cool the underside of the table. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's a good idea. Chill sure. that table down in the middle of summertime. So when you touch a table, the table's 65 degrees versus 95. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, these might be things that people are going to have to do moving forward if you want to use a steel table. The other thing could be that some of these guys, Serho, Jess Warren, they're using a thinner steel. I don't know. I didn't ask them what thickness, but Dusty's using quarter inch plate, which is a very, yeah. very thick steel. And that is acting as a more aggressive heat sink radiator versus the eighth inch, which would absorb some, but not near the amount not to as, the same degree. as quarter inch. Yeah. Yeah. So I, maybe, maybe in a hot shop. What I'm saying is if Serho's in a hot shop in Florida, right. he's using eighth inch and he pours cold mix on it. It's going to suck out the heat or suck out the, the cold to the hot, steel but not to the extent and maybe that's not why he's not seeing extent. the same problems yeah yeah i agree it was an eye-opener i don't know how else to say it to anybody but if anybody there's a few people that were around me that morning when i came in and again at 20 plus years doing this even in my own shop during winter time you know being at joe's and a few other being out at your place you know, during some of our January workshops, you know, I, I've always looked at this like a fairly rounded experience. You know what I mean? So to walk in there that morning, I was, I don't know. I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? Confident, you know, or just that I was going to walk in and yeah, no big deal. The concrete's going to be, you know, 90, a hundred, but who cares when I came in and touched that stuff, like, uh, what, <laughs> what, what, what is this one? And then walked around with the IR thermometer to see like, oh, this one's 72, this one's 73, this one's 70, this one's 76. Like, you've got to be kidding me. What the hell is going on here? Then we, then I went and turned the table up to 85 degrees and we waited until just after lunch to pull them. By that time, they had begun to kick, you know, then they started seeing, or at least the ones on the heated table started seeing 95 to hundred degrees. That, that was absolutely mind blowing to me, to be honest with you. Like what? So this concrete sat there under those conditions. I'm not going to use the word dormant, quite frankly, were they hard enough that you, they, you know, we could have pulled them off the table and yes, yes, we could, but were they along the lines of what I would consider cured to the point that, you know, to process and seal that afternoon and, you know, do all the things that we talk about, the advantages that this material offers to people? Uh, 
no. I, I will wholeheartedly say, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. I, I need yeah. to see this stuff kick off because I'm to timelines now in my shop. And I've been very open with this. If I cast on Monday, I'm processing and sealing on Tuesday without one ounce of concern. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and I still have, as part of tech support, people say, yeah, John, well, how many days do you wait to install? What do you mean? Like, if I needed to, it's installed that Tuesday afternoon. Now, let let me clarify that. That doesn't mean I'm expecting these pieces to be used and abused Tuesday night. I mean, sealer still needs to cure. You know, things are still happening under that. But, you know, to they can go out that afternoon, the next day. Uh, you know, I mean, I just did a project, hearth and mantle installed. Come on, there's no question to me that the the guys coming in and doing the stonework for for the rest of the fireplace are going to be doing stuff to that within a day, you know. But I guess where I'm going with it in a long way around this barn is that's the timelines I work under. Those are the timelines that I'm extremely confident in and have been running on for a long time. So being at Dusty's and now getting more answers to questions I'm a, you know that I'm going to feel like I didn't ask correctly to get the right answers. Well, you there didn't was, know. I didn't, I didn't know. know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they were, they were answers to questions we weren't even were aware of. There, there were questions right. we didn't know existed. Is the steel, I don't know why we didn't consider it. Is the steel sucking out the heat of the mix as it's trying to cure? I never even yeah. considered that. That wasn't no. even on the radar. Now, let me ask you this, John, because, yeah. you know, talking to some of the guys that had the issues, they said, I never got this with my old mix. Why would that be? No, that's a good one. You know, why? Well, to me, it's pretty simple. Most of the mixes out there run quite heavy in acrylic plastic polymer. Maker's Mix doesn't. We're not doing that. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. I think that is, well, and, and nobody wants to admit this, but that is one of the number one Achilles heel that all of us have fought for years and years and years, which ultimately we blamed on potential sealer issues when the fact is we were loading our mixes with a bunch of plastic. That's So my point being is they were able to maybe get away with it. The problem still persisted except that the glue, you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the bunch of plastic glue that was in there allowed them not to realize that that problem existed. Yeah, the glue Does was overcoming, yeah, the, the lack yeah. of cure. The glue was gluing Absolutely. it together, allowing you to pull it without it wanting to stick because it was holding together with glue. Right. Whereas this, it has to cure properly. It needs the exotherm to the proper temperature to fully right. cure. Or it needs to set on if it's gonna if it's gonna set at seventy five degrees, it needs to sit there for more than twenty four hours. It needs to sit there for forty eight hours before you pop yeah. it. Yeah, no, so yeah, seventy five degrees is not the, you know, the you know the the death of this thing. That's not what it is. It's just that it needs to go. Which again, I keep bringing Jason up. Let me bring him again. There was a project, and this goes. Him and I have had lots of conversations of you know trying to find the path in this. And again, not he'll say the same thing. He's had the issues, 
but fortunately they were never catastrophic issues. They would happen to pieces again, intermittently in these weird places. Um, but they oftentimes actually added to the character of his pieces. So it's not like, you know, throw up these are ruined kind of things. It was just the idea of why, like with all of us, right? If you, if, even if you achieve something amazing, but you can never reproduce it, then you just never know why it happened. This is the opposite. Well, in one of our conversations, he had he had cast a project and they went on a family vacation. And in that, I, I can't remember exactly. So it sat on the table two days or, or maybe it was even three days. But when he came back, and under you know, same mix, same temperatures, doing everything the same, same release agents, same curing methods. He's like, but it was just these, these, it never happened to at all. Well, outsider looking in, I was just like, eh, well, I guess that's cool, <laughs> but that still doesn't answer our question. When the reality is that did answer our question. <laughs> we just weren't thinking about it from that point of view that he just left them on the tables longer to cure under the cooler conditions. And that's fine. Yeah. And if that fits people's, you know, if, if someone's like, well, you know, I, I don't want to do a, if we, that's what it really boils down to the, I yeah. don't want to, you know, they don't want to break their habits or somehow a space heater seems daunting to them or, or I don't think it'll work. So maybe I'll try, maybe I won't, or, you know, or the chest freezer idea for the, for the winter time or, you know, something to get, you know, cool your mix more to try to compensate for the heat sink of the steel. You know, I mean, these are all things, all of us, and in the history of me doing this, be straight, man, I, I've cast on a lot of materials, epoxies, you know, various resins, uh, formicas, corions, tons and tons of melamines, HDO plywoods. But what I've never had in my shop is, yeah, a quarter inch steel covered table yeah. i never went that route in the size of the steel you know dusty's tables are like 10 by 20 or something they're huge yeah they're pretty big you know if you I had a smaller table six or eight yeah something like that well if you had a smaller table it's less of a heat sink but the bigger Correct. the table the bigger the heat sink it has more capacity to draw the heat out oh yeah and significantly more mass yeah yeah and dusty shop is hvac so in the summertime um they stay cool in the wintertime, they stay, you know, 70 degrees, um, but they're they're just massive heat sinks, just right. pulling it all out. So I think we've gotten to the bottom of the issue with this. Now, as we go forward, hopefully we'll work with artisans to develop solutions to how to overcome these problems. You know, you, it's, you trade one problem for another problem. If you have a polymer mix, which, you know, is 30-year-old technology now, 40-year-old technology, if you use a polymer mix, you don't have some of the problems because the glue overcomes it, but then you right. open up a whole nother level of problems with right. sealer issues. Yeah, and all your problems issues. show up at the end. Yeah, exactly. Instead of the beginning. Yeah. So with this, we're we're starting with a far superior concrete, but now that has opened up issues that we didn't know existed before because of that. So anyways. There's well, now we're having some of our own internal meetings, so I'll, I'll put it on the table. We're, we're open to input on the ICT and the Kodiak forums, just to be open about these things. We've been open from the beginning. There are illuminate cements in here, and they've been in there for 
a whole myriad of reasons. But one of those things are there was a day, and again, this is John Schuler upright casting, works creative create, where well, if I and, went to the shop. Hold on. Cast, and Joe Bates. Joe Bates. Oh, yeah, and Joe Bates. The various. That yeah. These mixes would take six, eight hours. I remember doing workshops, uh, you know, at, at CDS. And I was adamant, adamant, let everybody know the day before, any attendee, like, check it out. When you get here tomorrow morning, it's go time. Like, we're not really going to sit around. We're not going to chat a whole lot. And there was a reason for that. If we didn't have that concrete cast by, let's say, eight, no later than nine o'clock, chances are we weren't putting the kind of decorative finishes on until, you know, five, six o'clock that night. That was normal. That was normal. And that's a pain in the butt, especially if you're on a job site or working at your shop. If you don't have other things to do, you know, you're not forming up something else, you know, or you're trying to get your, to your son's baseball, just like whatever, dude, I don't want that. So these mixes were designed around. We've been open with about a 90 minute open window. Well, that being said, from a chemistry point of view, the cascade chemistry of most of the mixes I've ever designed typically happens in that 75 to 80 to 85 degree Fahrenheit zone. So <laughs> if you I, I, now I, I get it, these guys like that's yeah, kicking off in 10 minutes. Like they put it on their steel table, table sucks everything out of it. Yeah, these mixers are seeing that cascade temperature within minutes. Well, let's say, you know, 15 might be exaggerated 10 minutes, but you know, maybe 15 to 30 minutes instead of the 90 minutes. You know, I could see that happening. I understand that now. So, one of the things we are talking about is. You know, I hate that. I hate that saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, come on, man. You never know it's broke unless you ask the questions and dial it in. So, you know, one thing's one thing we could definitely do is open the conventional 90 minute window and turn it into 120. You know what I mean? We can make those adjustments. It's not going to if it doesn't hurt it, you know, that that, yeah. that goes back to so what my, you're saying is we can lower the luminant just a hair. Yeah. Widen the window a little bit. Widen the no, window. Joe, yeah. You well, know, Joe Bates, um, if it does no harm, that goes back to my medical side. You know, if it does no harm, I'm okay with it. You know, doing right. just that alone will not upset workabilities, SECs, spray, trowel, ECCs, consistency, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, if that opens the window, under certain circumstances based on now our increased experience knowledge of what's going on. Yeah. Done. That's, that's an easy one. What I was going to say is Joe said in the class that the best sprayed GFRC project he's ever done was like a week ago using yeah. Kodiak pro maker mix, because what happened in the past, cause he has a, a rim spray gun that uh, sprays backer coat, sprays face coat and backer coat. And he'd spray his face coat and have to wait. This, this was the Buddy Rhodes days. Have to wait an hour, hour and right. a half. Spray another coat. Wait for it to firm up. Hour, hour and a half. Spray the back coat. Have to wait. Yeah. Spray another back coat. Have to wait. 
And, you know, if you have a gun, you have to, or a pump, you have to break that thing down and clean it. It can't sit in there for an hour. Yeah, it can't. Um, exactly. Yeah. So this is a whole production to spray GFRC using the old polymer mixes. But Joe used Maker Mix a week ago, or now I guess it's a week and a half ago, to spray two bathtubs that he was doing. Said it was just continuous. He'd spray face coat, mix it up, spray another face coat, mix it up, spray back coat, mix it up, spray another back coat. And it was just back to back to back to back. There was no stopping. He wasn't rushing, but he wasn't waiting. Right. He was just the the flow. He was in it and they got it done and it was amazing. And the end product came out beautiful. And he's like, that was an incredible experience for him because it used to be that would take all day. All day. To do. Yep. And now, now it doesn't. Day. Yeah. All day, not just time, multiple cleaning, you know, oh. yeah, all the steps in between. Right. So, again, I, well, I'm to the point of we're discussing micro adjustments. This is not throwing baby out with bathwaters. This is, you know, micro adjustments and helps overcome and keep moving forward. That's yeah. back to some of the original. That's what I truly, truly enjoy about these kind of get togethers, too, is it's one thing to go over this stuff over the phone, right? Like I just said, and it, if anybody has talked to me for the last few weeks, you know, I do my guests to get the best, to get pretty precise. I mean, I'm asking you questions and details and, you know, send me a text with this, 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 you know, this list of answers that I need. And the one thing I just, I mean, I, till now, yeah, it was a no brainer. How, how would the mix stay at 75 degrees overnight? That's, I would have said that's completely improbable, but clearly it is Yeah, on steel tables. Okay. Enough of the steel. We got it. We got it. We got it. I hope so. Yeah. Well, well, actually I do know. So, uh, uh, dusty cast a major project. He's getting ready to go on a vacation. So he's got a few, so he, he cast a major project and he kept me in the loop the whole time per, let's say the adjustments we made to cure procedure, his table and et cetera. And he's already seeing a complete, I wouldn't call it night and day because it's not totally night and day, but um, extremely positive results with the main, you know, the minor modification in curing and so forth. So exactly. That's great. Yeah. And we're able to make those tweaks because now we have an understanding of what the root cause was that was creating the issue before we Correct. didn't have an understanding. We thought, Release steel. Yeah, it's got to be released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Another news: these uh, diamond pads. We've been talking about these damn diamond pads now for I feel like a year. Yeah. They're finally here. We had them there at the hoedown. I'm yep. going to photograph them this week. We'll get them up on the website. People can start placing orders for them. You know, we'll sell them as a set, and I think we'll sell them individually as well. So when people burn through a certain grit, they don't have to buy a whole another set again. I used to hate that back in the day. Yeah. I used to buy hand pads from a certain company and they only sold them in a set. And I ended up with tons of, you know, a grit that I didn't use only to get the one that I needed that I kept using up. So, you know, we'll sell them as a set and, uh, and there'll be, you know, a slight financial benefit to, to buying it as a set, but then, uh, you can buy them a la carte as well. Right. Yeah. And even, even in that note, I brought out, Worked with the company, I'm going to say we, because I've only had the input. I mean, they're the ones trying to fit my specification. So they did put together a 40 grit. Right now, the set is 50, 60, 120, and 200. But moving forward, 
I, I think I'm going to get rid of the 50. It was, was it better than the 60? Eh, yes. But was it so much better that you're like, oh my God, mm, no, I wouldn't say so. But the 40, the 40 is undeniably more aggressive. I really like that one. So moving forward with that. And then I'm talking to him right now about, because I people are asking me about it. I'm going to run a trial run of some 400s as well. I don't know if they're necessary, but anyway, we'll we'll see where it goes. Cool. And then in final news this week, we have the ultra, ultra rare promotion because we don't run promotions. We don't rely on sales, but it is nice to do them occasionally to uh, to just fun. do something fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so for Halloween, we're going to do a one week sale. Starts October 24th, goes uh, until, let me move this right here, the 31st at uh, 11.59. But it's 13% off. Maker mix retail. or rad mix? Yeah, off retail. retail. So yeah. that's off our off our website. In order for the website, you'll use the promo code Hallocrete, H-A-L-L-O-C-R-E-T-E. So Hallocrete at checkout, we get 13% off Maker Mix or Rad Mix. And then Joe Bates at SE Fab. He's also his company. He's he's building a website right now, Kodiak Pro West. He's going to offer the same discount. So you could buy one bag, 10 bags, a half pallet, whatever you want from him. And he'll do 13% off retail as well. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm hoping this is just one of those things, you know, with anybody. If you're on the fence or you know somebody on the fence, like I was just talking to someone yesterday who uses a lot of uh, rapid set. In fact, exclusively rapid set. Him and I were talking about other things, but you know, that came up and I'm like, you know what, man, I, I just had this question and this is not me. If anybody talks to us, I am not Mr. Salesy Salesy. Like, oh, you were having a promo. I didn't even bring that up, quite frankly. But I did bring up the idea, like what uh, some people are doing with the rapid set. Have you thought about bringing in some rad mix at a low dosage to go with your rapid set mixes to, to increase, uh, which I know, again, I, I always stop myself. I know it's a subjective word, quality to increase the quality of what you're doing. And then, of course, he came back pretty quick. No, like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what I just, and then I stopped. I said, well, how do you know it's not broke? I, yeah. I can send you some pictures of guys that are doing this. And what they'll agree, and I hope you do as well, is by adding, you know, as little as three to five pounds to what you're doing, that same 1%, 1 loading of pigment gives you the richness and color of like 4%. It's it's pretty amazing what this material can do to the rapid set. Yeah. So now that being said, oh, here you go. Here's an opportunity. Order yourself yeah. a trial batch from Joe. You know, a 30-pound bag of rad mix goes right into a five-gallon bucket. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Give it a shot. And uh, it's pretty undeniable. Those people who have moved that direction who are still using their rapid set or their cement all based mixes are all incorporating the rad mix with what they're doing because of what it's doing to their materials. Well, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And for people who don't know how to get a hold of Joe, Joe Bates, his company is S C. So Sam Charlie, S C fab Napa. And his email is Joe at S C fab F A B napa.com so joe at scfabnapa.com you can send him an email to place an order and he'll take care of you 
Well, and all the I, I know you provided the link uh, for the promo. So click on the link. His all his info is there on the website. All his info can be found on the Kodiak Discussion Group, ICT. Hell, throw a text to me. I'll you know I'll hook you up to throw you that direction. Whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. What we got to do is twist his damn arm and get him involved again. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, on the social media kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think he just got tired of all the uh, the drama rama involved in social media. So he's like, ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on concrete. Which right. I've been down yeah. that road. I know I know how that is. You just kind of get over it and you you uh, check out for a while and focus on work. But yeah, well, Birds I say with I, I see it Birds and I don't see it because. There are different personalities. We've yeah. all been around this game, or anybody who hasn't, there's definitely different personalities. I think we've talked in the past maybe about like a, a tribalistic kind of thing, and I get all that. I get all that. Uh, but I'll, 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 I'm okay with it all. And at the end of the day, I would say where you migrate. You don't, you don't have to give up all the other tribes. But where you migrate to is – and this is something that someone said to me and I'm very generous, you know, sharing of his attitude towards a, the positive spirit. You know, we are big and will continue to be help people be successful in what you're doing, provide the materials that accomplishes that kind of stuff, lean on our support and our experience. And just like this whole steel table thing you know one way or another even though there's a side that goes ah why do we have to figure it out well we'll figure it out (laughs) that's what i love about this group meaning you know this this whole community if you will is that's a like mindset and i love it that's what it continues to keep me inspired that's for sure yeah well what i was going to say is birds of a feather flock together you'll find the people that have the same aspirations and goals that you do and and at the event there was um some people there that have been to other trainings whatever you want to say i don't even know how you want to describe the things that they've attended but yeah they said the difference was this event for them has been all about positivity the things we talk about the things we do the things we focus on you know we're discussing 401ks and retirement right. and yeah, business right. planning and all these different things that they're like dude yeah. these things never come up in these other things we go to but you yeah. know it's so great to hear this discussed because these aren't things that you normally hear discussed um yeah here's what i'm gonna throw out there i mean been around this game long enough and when i say game i'm talking 52 years one of many taboo subjects with so many people is finances, your bank account, where you're going, how much do you have? You know what I mean? There's there's some people feel like, at least what I've seen, even with friends, you know, you you go to uh, dinner parties or whatever the case may be. And there's, that's one of those taboo subjects. Like if you don't have enough money and you're open about it, you know, and it's really our own personal thing. You know, am am I a loser? Or, hey, if I have, someone else thinks I have too much money, oh my God, are they gonna, try to get me to give them a loan. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a weird thing uh, where, I, but where I was going with it is just like at this event, once you start really talking about these things, you know, not sealer warish or mix warish or, you know, but the whole idea of the, all the subjects to help all of us be successful, man, it's, 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 
it's a I don't know it's it's an inspiring way of moving in a totally direction with very positive spirits and positive people and I really like that Absolutely. Well, on that note, John, I think that is a good ending point. Again, to everybody listening, I apologize for the poor audio quality this week. Next week, we'll be back to our regular scheduled program, and I won't sound like death. I can hear myself. My nose is clogged up. Uh, Next week, hopefully, I sound better, but um, it's good to get back on the podcast. It's been a few weeks, so we'll get back on our normal normal, uh, program and, uh, and keep it going. Sounds great. All right, right, buddy. Thanks, man. Until next week. Text me. Talk to you later. Adios, amigo. Bye. Adios.